Welcome to our Forever Young Podcast, where we chat about ways to keep our bodies and minds young, because you're never too old to become younger. My name is Christiana Eggy. And my name is Sherry Marichu. Welcome back to another interesting chat with Dr. Odiatu, our special guest. You've heard us talk about him all the time on this show, even when he's not here about how he does not mince words. You know, it talks about the gigantic bowls of salads, apples, avocados, oh my. And um, he is actually the author of The Miracle of Health, a professional member of the American College of Sports Medicine and a practicing dentist in Toronto. He has been the invited guest on over 400 radio and television shows from Atlanta to Alaska. He is an NSCA certified personal trainer, certified boot camp instructor, and has given over 400 lectures in England, Canada, and the US, as well as Bahamas, Denmark, and Bermuda, not to forget Norway. He was recently a guest speaker in Michigan just a few weeks ago. So just um, writing on his expertise in physical activities, We'll be discussing exercise today. So our topic is exercise, get stronger, and live longer. So welcome, Dr. Odiatu. Hey, always a pleasure. Love sharing. And um, anytime I could ignite someone's desire to move more, which I think everyone wouldn't mind having an exercise habit. So I think people often want to know how I can get there quicker, easier, and make it an important part of my day. So if we can do that tonight for the people listening, then our goal is achieved. So let's start really, really like at the bottom then, like, let's say, you know, you know, there are people that exercise and people that don't, but why do we think that so few people exercise? There's many reasons why I think, I think a lot of people, especially smart people overcomplicate it, you know, Anyone that I wouldn't say it just smart people, and most people think they're smart, but I think a lot of adults overcomplicate it. They want to think if they go online and they look at interval training, and they think, oh, I'm going, to, I'm going to do a triathlon. I've never done one, or I'm going to run a half marathon. Why? Oh, I'm going to become a certified yoga teacher, go to a class. You know, <laughs> so I think we overcomplicate it, which means we postpone, and then it's another day that we don't do it. So I think many of us make it too complicated, and then we just don't do it. Yeah, I agree. I've I've heard that a lot from people too. Like, oh, I need to sign up and for with a new gym, or I I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, just move your body. Like, let's start there. <laughs> let's get up off the couch and maybe go for a walk. That is a good start. What do you think? I I think instead of pushing exercise or gyms and so forth, we should be pushing movement, mindful movement. You know, use it or lose it. Actually, I was just on a walk with an 82-year-old a couple of nights ago, and she started running. I had to try to catch up with her. (laughs) Nice. That's awesome. She had so much fun. So definitely, um, we should move more. So um, a lot of people want to exercise because they want to lose weight. But uh, scientists now are saying that exercising does not help you lose weight. Why is that? 
Yeah, it's a myth. Even myself, I'll always think um, I will do a little extra workout today so I can eat more later. Or if I start running every day, I'm going to lose weight. But there's been any number of studies over the last 30 years. One study in particular, it said 30 women uh, got together and they were trained to run a, a Toronto marathon. And over the year they trained and they finally ran a marathon, zero weight was lost. Zero weight was lost, even though they did marathon training, which is a very much in your face. If you don't lose weight, marathon training, what the heck was going on? And it said simply was the more, this is what exercise scientists say, the more you do extra activity, like with exercise, the more likely you are to be a little more sedentary in your non-exercise life. And the, the busier someone is in their non-exercise life. So if someone has a major physical job, like in construction, or they're a park patrol at a national park, the less likely they are going to have a physical activity hobby. So the body's always compensating. So it's very much a myth that people lose weight exercising. And when they don't lose weight, and that's the reason why they started, they fall off the wagon. And they realize that there's an innumerable bunch of other benefits. But most people think weight loss is it. But it's still powerful. But there's other benefits of being physically active on a regular basis. Well, let's talk about that because I know so many people that want to lose weight and they think exercising is the answer. And it's so hard to explain to them that there's so many other amazing benefits to moving your body than weight loss. And and weight loss isn't going to happen just by exercise, right? Yeah. And that's, but I think so people get disappointed. So even athletes and personal trainers and lifestyle coaches get it wrong also. We always think move more, lose weight. Move more has benefits, um, you know, brain benefits, immune system benefits, metabolism benefits, or, uh, lowers anxiety and muscular tension. But people's main goal is, is aesthetics, you know, and it's all been driven by social media, the selfie, the Facebook profile, the Instagram post. You want to look sleek, low, toned, lean, and uh, energized. And we think of exercise, I'll get all that. Well, exercise might make you look energized, but the science is in and it's not going to change. It will not get you to lose weight. Hmm. Weight loss is such a, uh, uh, a holy grail. That no one ever finds it. So um, it's good that we're talking about it here, though, because people are going to be blowing their minds. Like They'll say, I heard a podcast today that I heard that exercise does not make you lose weight. And exercise science says after 30 years, it's just not true. Like it's a myth that you lose weight with exercise. So that's a good thing to a good takeaway from today, I think. Yeah, and as we always talk about on this show, it's not just exercising, there are other components to being healthy, especially what you eat, right? Sometimes exercising actually help make people put on more weight because you go exercise, you have that rigorous exercise, and then you get more hungry, and then you eat more <laughs> than you should, yes. right? <laughs> Well. I've heard that too. I've heard that, yeah, I've heard that people who swim for exercise actually lose so many calories when they swim that they overcompensate after and they eat more than they should. And it's all about this. It's all about a thermostat. Like you have a thermostat to how much your body weighs. Christina has a thermostat. I have a thermostat. And the whole idea, whatever your thermostat is, the body's always trying to get you back to that thermostat. So my I weigh about 178, 180 pounds. I've even tried to forcibly try and gain a bit of weight just to get some more muscle. And I'll, I'll have a big lunch and then dinner's light. 
or I'll work out a little bit longer than normal. And then I'll eat a little bit more. I'll go out for a drink after. So it's powerful how much the hypothalamus and the part of the brain that controls cravings and appetite, every human on the planet is the hypothalamus. So the hypothalamus controls, and that's where the thermostat is. So the whole idea is to try and if you want to lose weight is to lower your thermostat, lowering the thermostat, your body will go to whichever the thermostat is. So if a person weighs 300 pounds and you see it all the time, they lose hundred pounds doing whatever weight loss uh, diet that they go on. They lose it over two years. Within two years after they've regained it, like it's pretty rare that people keep it off. And people say, oh, I know some guy that did. Well, 95% of people regain. So it's a thermostat. It's, it's the hypothalamus. So you know how hard it is to change your brain. Like to learn a new language is challenging. To change your thermostat is very hard. So, so exercise is, is one way to kind of edge it there. But really there's, there's one way that can really get people there. And that is if someone is going to lose weight by whatever they, they do it, plateau at a maybe a more reasonable goal, let your brain catch up and then go down again. But most people want to ramp down 40 pounds. They want to ramp down 60 pounds. And the brain's going, just you wait until you stop eating avocados and kiwi. We're going to get right back to where I feel the most comfortable. It's like the thermostat in your house for temperature. <laughs> yes, we definitely all have a set body weight where the body will come back to that no matter what you do. Like and like you just des- described, you have to actually trick your body, you know, before you can get off that set weight. The other thing also is that our bodies are so smart. When you exercise, initially, you may actually lose some weight, right? You Because you're toning, but the body becomes complacent. It's like, oh, Sherry, we're going to be lifting weights again today. So, okay, the body goes to sleep. You're not really doing anything. That is why, like, cross-training is so important. When you do exercise, you should do different types of exercises, not just cardio all the time. So, Dr. Odia, so what are the three different types of exercises or how many types that we really have? Yeah, great question. I love it. You know, because everyone always thinks of, I jog, that's all I do. I love it. Well, you're missing out on the other two. Or I do yoga, that's all I do. Well, you're missing out on the other two. I lift weights, I got biceps, I got a six pack, and you're missing out on the cardio, you're missing out on the flexibility. So I, I've named them. So the three kinds are muscular strength, um, aerobic fitness, you know, your lung capacity and your heart training, and, and flexibility. And that usually includes balance. So those three. And people say, oh, yoga does all three. No. Yoga does more flexibility and balance than cardio. Oh, no, my teacher does sun salutations in a row. Well, that's only two to three minutes. It's, it's most people don't go to yoga. Not enough cardio. Not enough cardio. And weight training, you know, the cliche muscle-bound bodybuilder is, is like, is, is, so they don't do flexibility. Unless you train with your weights fast enough and do supersets where you don't have a rest between programs, you never get your heart rate up. So basically, you need to have basically three components. You, you might, might want to do a Pilates or a Tai Chi or a, yoga class. You might want to do some kind of interval training where you include some running or jogging or tennis, which does a lot of stop and start and aerobic. And you might want to do some kind of resistance training. But some of my personal training buddies say, if there's one thing to keep you looking young and toned and independently, to live independently, is to get muscularly strong. Because um, when you, you never see a 70, 89 year old running, but what's going to help someone live in their own house forever and not have to move into a nursing home. If someone's going to want to uh, be able to carry their own groceries um, and uh, do their own chores, you need to have the strength. So that being said, muscular strength is what's going to keep someone youthful. And 
all the studies I'm seeing is um, building strength, not losing muscle mass, um, keeps you more living and be more vital than doing the other two. I'm not saying the other two are important, but it seems like muscle loss is a hallmark of older people. Like the, the shrinking part of it, you know? Um, sure, there might be a little bit lack, lack, lack of flexibility, but it's the muscular strength that really does people in. That, they, they can't live it. They can't take out the cake. They can't take care of the 3,000 square foot house. They can't lift themselves off the toilet. They can't go shopping, lift, and take their groceries into the car. Like strength is really number one. And it, it seems it's crazy, like to see changes in people as they age. Um, and so maybe Dr. Odietta, you can share with us some exercises, some strength exercises that people who are starting to age that listen to us can start maybe incorporating in their lives. Well, it almost starts at age 30. Basically, they said from about age 30, after puberty to about 30, you keep your muscle mass the same. But after 30, you lose 1% every year if you don't do any muscular training. So by age 50, like, oh, 20% big deal. By age 70, in the golden years, now you've lost almost half. And that's that fragile, gentle, you know, could you do this for me? I, I can no longer cut my own grass. And you have to start downsizing. But they've actually shown at 70, you can maintain the strength of the, what you were at 30 or be stronger if you have a regular strength training program. So it doesn't have to be dumbbells and barbells. It could be body weight exercises. Body weight meaning um, push-ups. There's about 50 different kinds of push-ups. Most people don't realize that. Walking lunges. Um, uh, there's all kinds of floor exercises that gymnasts know that can build strength in your back, biceps, your glutes, your hamstrings. So um, it's hard, obviously, in, in a very know, auditory and delivery yeah. to talk kinds. But, you know, if, if someone basically just went on YouTube and searched 20-minute uh, dumbbell or bodyweight beginner workout and look, make sure the person who's doing it is certified trainer, it, it's very easy to do. And 20 minutes twice a week, could keep someone well on the way of keeping that muscle mass the same at 40, 50, 60, 70, simply 20 minutes twice a week. But it's 40 minutes more than most people do. And that's why you see that fragile little old man, little old lady. And think, wow, he used to be a strapping football player. She used to be yeah. a, a swimmer. You shrink, the muscle goes. And they can even say, I stayed the same weight. But sure, you were 140. But now you're, instead of being, you know, um, uh, having the muscle mass, the muscle has shrunk and the body, the fat stores have, so you stay the same weight, but you don't have the same muscle mass. And that's where the tragedy happens. That's where the, that inability to look after yourself independently, but this is expected, but exercise science shows it doesn't have to be, that doesn't have to be lived that way. Actually, exercise mass is really important for burning calories when you do exercise, right? So I'm just wondering how much exercise is too much exercise? Yeah, yeah, great question. I think people think, you know, an apple a day is good. Can I eat 10 a day? And you get diarrhea, you know? Um, if sleeping is good, I'll sleep 12 hours a day. Well, hypersomnia can lead to depression. Um, oh, if eight glasses a day is good, I'm going to drink 18. Well, you can give yourself and go into cardiovascular um, shock by drinking too much water. So a lot, there's a lot to be said by doing too much. And I think a lot of people think, oh, if a little is good, I'll do more is better. Well, not really. So with exercise, you could definitely do too much. Um, the, the basic metabolic rate is how many calories the three of us need to maintain this weight we are. And when you think of the different ways we use up calories, your BMR or your basic metabolic rate 
is the number one way our body uses calories, the basic metabolic weight. So exercise is a very small part of using up calories in the day, but we focus so much on it. And that's why Christina said, you know, being physically active is probably more important in terms of burning up extra calories than exercise time. No one exercises for four hours a day, but you can stand instead of sitting, watching your Netflix movie, you can stand as a, sitting on the phone or stand instead of sitting, updating your social media, but you can definitely exercise too much. And again, it, people always go for reductionist thinking. How little can I do? What's the most I can do? So it's just the way that I think as humans, we, we make things complicated and we postpone getting started. Um, if you really saw to it, and if you had a really good coach and someone who urged you on, I'd say a little done every day is better for life than overdoing it for the summer, running a half marathon and then falling off the wagon or getting ACL tear or plantar fasciitis and saying, oh, sure, seen me 10 years ago. I looked amazing. Well, look at you now. You look like Elvis Presley. So, so a little bit, a little bit every day consistently is it's almost like Warren Buffett. Getting fit is boring, easy, doable, and simple. But if you want to, you know, look at Bitcoin and get rich quick overnight and lottery tickets and all these scams, guess what? It's going to drive you crazy, and it's not going to happen. So, basic, simple, consistent, a little bit every day. Enjoy it. Don't get injured, and do it 80, 90, 100. So, yeah. So, Christiana, whatever you're doing, it's not too much. Don't worry. (laughs) 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 So, we've talked a little bit about, you know, um, not having, you know, you don't need to lift weights. But, you know, if you have a child in you know, um, high performance sports and their coach is talking about weightlifting. When do you think that that should happen? So they say about age 15, someone could start lifting weights like dumbbells and marbles. Yeah. Age 15. Yeah. I feel like that's old. No. Depends. Like if you you haven't reached puberty, nothing's going to happen. Like 11, 12 year old lifting weights, nothing's going to happen. But if you want to do it safely, because they say a lot of weight training can be very hard, especially a lot of kids age 13, 14, overdo it really quickly. Um, but body weight exercises like gymnasts do, perfect. You know, dips, when you put your, you know, you put the washing machine in the dryer a little bit farther apart and you put your hands in each dryer, let yourself go down, let yourself go up. That does chest, shoulders, triceps. Uh, you can do walking lunges where you do an exaggerated step and walk across 30 feet and walk back. You'd be surprised if either if any of the three of us did that tonight and we haven't done that in a while. So let me have a very hard time getting out of bed tomorrow. And you think, <laughs> where did those muscles come from? You know, when we do when we do leg day, uh, walking lunges is on the list of our exercises. And it is the only exercise that I absolutely hate. But I do it. I do it. Yeah. So that being said, um, again, YouTube is probably one of the best places to go. Again, if you go on YouTube and you want to look for it, workouts, Look for a certified trainer and look for the certifications. So things like ACE, so American Council of Exercise, ACE. The one that I'm certified through is the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Probably the toughest one to get certified through because there's a, as a, there's not just a, a, a test you write after a two-day note-taking. There's a visual part that you got to actively do in front of a video or in front of a person. Um, also, uh, CanFit Pro, which is the Canadian version. Canadian, Canadian Fitness Association of Professionals. But ultimately, um, ideally, if someone can afford it, and there's no better investment than personal fitness, is to get a certified trainer. I'd say twice a week for 12 weeks. And by that time, if someone's a decent enough, you know, um, 
um, ability, you should be able to, since, since I taught myself at 14. So a 14 year old's IQ is like a grade nine. So by looking at magazines and uh, I was able to put my own workout together. So how could, how, if I, a 14 year old boy in grade nine can do it, how can a 40 year old lawyer can't or a 32 year old uh, person who's a stay at home mom? Like it, it's, it's easier said than done. But again, people overthink it. You know, oh, I heard this website. I look at that website. I heard she does this. Well, let's focus on simple, easy, doable, something that's not going to make you feel very sore, something you can see yourself doing not only now at 30, but at 50, 70, 90. And I find when you look at 80, 90, or 100 year olds, they look incredible. They're very active. If you ask them what they do for fitness, it's always very simple. Very rarely people say, oh, I played um, football, then I transitioned into CrossFit and then became a certified yoga teacher. You will never hear that. It's always, I was physically active my whole life. I always worked around the house. I did my own, I cut my own grass, those kind of things. So it's, it's very practical. But if you live in a townhouse, I can't cut my own grass. You know, I don't have yard work to do. So I have to build inefficiency into my life by lifting weights and dumbbells. So I have a gym in my house that's, you know, 12 feet by 12 feet. I have weights, dumbbells, uh, an upright stationary bike. I have a, a chin-up bar across my bathroom. This is the place where I actively make my muscles work harder. Because as a dentist, the toughest thing I do is pull out an impacted wisdom tooth. So um, <laughs> I do nothing physical to earn money. So I need to do something physically active in this room to make my 600 muscles, my 350 joints, my 206 bones, you know, push a little harder so I can be that independent little old man at 70, 80, 90, 100. And still say, I can't believe that dude is 100. That's, that's the people who say my half Can you believe that guy's 95? That's my goal. I have yeah. um, I have, I have these neighbors that I, I see walking around the neighborhood and I thought, you know, that they seem to just walk whenever I walk my dog. But I saw the wife today and she said, no, we walk every hour because they work from home. So they take time. They don't do a huge loop, but they do. They take time to walk every hour. So the next time I see them, I'm going to tell them to incorporate walking lunges in. Yes. You know, that would be awesome. But, you know, right. speaking of older people that are still healthy and fit, you see what they do. Like I always talk about my 99-year-old son to be 100 years. He still exercises in his, on his bed. He lies there and he's doing, you know, different moves. He can still walk. That's a blessing. And I was just speaking with a gentleman who was looking for a place for his dad the other day. His dad is like 94, 96. He still clear snow and oh you know, does grass cutting and everything. That is one thing I, I don't even clear snow right now. Oh, my dad totally did it too, like well into his 70s. And almost when he was 80, he was still out there clearing the snow himself and, and mowing the lawn. So my, my 82, 83 year old friend, she she lives alone. She cuts the grass. She gardens. She does her you know her snow. One time there was a snowstorm, and I called. I said, "Okay, let me get you someone to come and clear your snow." But she said, "Okay, otherwise I, I do one driveway at a time." It's just amazing how these people can continue to work well into old age, and I think we should take a bit out of their books. And oh yeah, be like for sure. Too. So when we become two hundred years old, Sherry, we can. <laughs> Going 
back to children, just wondering, is recess enough exercise for students to keep them fit? Well, it, it definitely, well, they've shown, they thought recess was just to get the kids' sillies out. But they've shown that um, overweight kids become overweight adults, obese kids become obese adults. So it's to share with them how being physically, to, be, to physically move around is good for the brain. And I think it's amazing what my mom and dad, like the mantras they told me, you know, get outside and play, sound mind and a sound body. And I think recess is good enough to, it does physical activity, like recess is physical activity. And as they get older, obviously, they're going to play intramural sports and, you know, after school sports. But in terms of um, realizing that the body is also meant for movement other than memorizing, because we always think of school as work, mind, mind, mind. We don't realize how many times people learn about um, uh, the body in health, um, uh, the relevance of taking care of yourself and, and even oral health they learn in school, you know. So recess is good. As they grow older, they'll see the relevance of doing extramural activities and developing some hobbies and maybe team sports to learn leadership and, and uh, camaraderie. But um, recess is a start. But I think teachers need to make um, a comment about it, like, oh, recess. But if, if teachers said sound mind and a sound body, I bet you a lot of kids will remember that in their 20s and 30s and 40s. Now that we worked your brain, let's work the body and you'll come back fresh. And it's amazing the mantras that you tell any age kid 30, 40, hey, I've been in the office all day, sound mind and a sound body. So I've never heard a teacher say that, but it'd be interesting for a teacher to, to champion what recess is supposed to do. You developed your mind, now let's work the body. How is the exercise, kids? So it'd be amazing how someone wouldn't even have to have a PhD in physical education, but could definitely champion the need for the body to move to facilitate learning, you know? And I've never heard that said. They, they, they use recess, it's a punishment. If you don't be good, we'll take away recess. Like, why not? If you don't be good, we'll take away math. You know, yeah. so, so, um, so recess is an important part of uh, processing emotion. And they talked about it. it. It increases the amount of stem cells in the brain. Um, neuroscientists in 1998 saw there's two ways to have a healthy brain. Okay, one might involve learning, but the one to have more baby stem cells, which is baby neurons in the brain, is to be physically active. The way to make them last longer is to have a stimulating environment. So learning school, learning a language, uh, maintaining friendships and doing new things. But number one, one to have lots of baby stem cells, which is new growth, is physically being physically active. And that's why you'll see a lot of people who are bright will often have a physically active life, either five to 10,000 steps a day, do some of their own gardening. They're physically active. And that's the whole idea now. They've talked about how a lot of the leaders and CEOs of Fortune 500 companies Exercise, not to look good on the company profile, because they know that it physically makes them have a better brain. It gives them a little edge over people who don't have that physical activity. And that is why a lot of the big um, companies have gyms for staff in their buildings. They provide yeah. them with that so they can exercise and keep fit. The thing, though, is that with COVID, I wonder the impact it had on kids, because when they've been homeschooled, how many kids are out there really exercising and doing things? Yeah, great question. I think everyone got a little, I say fluffier, which means get a little softer over the last year and a half. So I myself got a little fluffier. I sense the fluffiness, you know, when I put on a suit to go speak a few weeks ago. But that being said, you know, you really can't sit most of the day, snack all day, and ex expect to be leaner, more muscular, and more flexible. 
you know, and I think Jason Fung, he's a nephrologist, said that um, in the 1970s, the average family had, had three meals a day. In 2020, it's six times a day. And his, his position is that eating six times a day, which spikes your blood glucose, makes your pancreas pump out insulin to take away the glucose, is one of the hallmarks of people who slowly gain weight over time. Because eventually the pancreas gets tired like any overworked organ and it lets the blood glucose rise. So there's something to be said about um, this whole work from home. The fridge is too close. It's too convenient to snack, you know, and it's, it's been tough. I think we've all gained weight. We haven't talked about the levels of, you know, inflammation we all have from being at home. And it hasn't ended. Like a lot of people still work from home. A lot of people still work from home. So it's great that the kids are all back in school and, uh, and getting active. Sound mind, sound body. <laughs> yeah, let's remember that. So, but we've also talked about diet. So then what's more important, Dr. Odiatu, diet or exercise? Yeah, I love that. Um, what they're really saying though is in terms of how healthy you are, again, a nutritionist would always say diet. Exercise scientists always say physical fitness. And they've shown that the one, if there's one fountain of youth that you want to have is to be physically active. They said, who's ever physically active today you can, there's an algorithm which shows you're more likely to live longer than someone who's sedentary today. But in terms of getting your body weight back to an ideal, food is really king. They say exercise is, is a lesser. So food is Batman, Robin is exercise. <laughs> so <laughs> we need both. <laughs> we need both. You really, you really cannot. But again, it's the way our, the adult mind thinks. What's more important? Like what's more important, strength or aerobic, or aerobic training? What's more important, flexibility or strength? You can't, it's like, if you have three children, oh, tell me, which one's your favorite? It, it's a silly question to ask, you know? Yeah. Oh, you have two parents. Which one's your favorite? Every kid has a favorite. That's the bad thing about it. <laughs> mom, mom is always a favorite. I'll say that's, mic, that's a mic, that's a mic drop <laughs> there. to mom, okay? <laughs> oh. I would say it's not just diet or exercise, Sherry, because you, I always say wellness or being fit is about, it's like a buffet. You need a little bit of everything. You need your sleep, remember? Yeah. 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 You know, I know. You're still texting me at midnight. <laughs> no, actually, that's not that. true. No, no, that's not true. Dr. Odia, to the other day, she messaged me at midnight. I was like, okay, I'm going to bed now. I was laughing. <laughs> Add to add to Sherry. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. Anyway, um, there there are nights when you probably sleep and you don't actually get to bed on time. But we're all mindful and doing better, right? Yes, yeah. I am trying very hard to, to especially those those core hours of importance. Two a.m. Yeah, but, but yes, another question, Doctor Odia, too. Sure. Is it easier for men or women to lose weight or get fit? Who who can do that okay. better? Well, in the traditional, you know, patriarchal world, not many women do strength training. More men enjoy strength training, just because we have that whole paradigm of men muscle. Women oftentimes don't want to be bulky. And men also have, you know, 10 to 30 times more testosterone. So it's very easy for us to, to maintain our muscle mass and uh, be stronger. That being said, you know, why do women six, live six years longer? But that's also 
it's coming now to be equal with heart disease and women having the role of at home, at work, coming home. And they call it the second shift. The second shift is going home and, you know, with the family in the traditional family. So that being said, though, I think men have an easier time because they have more. If you have more muscle, if someone has more tone, it's definitely easier to be stay in shape and get fitter than someone who has very little muscle. It's really hard for someone who has very little muscle to get fit because muscle is very functional. You know, you move your arm, you, you squat, you lift up. It's really hard. To, if you're very weak, it's hard to sit up and down off a chair without grunting. You know, while having muscle definitely makes it easier. So I'd say men have an easier time staying in shape and getting in shape because they have more muscle. Not that women can't get muscle, but that whole paradigm of lifting weights still goes against a lot of myths that I'm going to get bulky or gain weight with strength training. Meanwhile, all strength training does is make you stronger and give you more muscular endurance, which I think women need to focus on independent living, um, being powerful, being empowered, feeling relevant. You know, when you're strong, you feel very relevant. Like you, you, your posture is different. Just, just to have like a, a, an upright posture makes someone look like they're the leader and it adds relevance. So it's not just about strength. And, and looks, there's an element of posture that gives you with, with mu increased muscle strength. So men have an easier time because they have more testosterone. Women can still gain muscle, but women have to lose that myth that they're going to get bulky. Posture, relevance, feeling empowered. I can do it myself. That goes kind of, those kind of mantras, I think, are important. I feel like uh, women also have nature work against them because nature is always nourishing that woman to be a mom, right? <laughs> so that's why we tend to, you know, like really, if you go back to the, um, what would you call it? The stone age. Women are just sort of en engineered to sort of hold weight in different places. Yeah. Right? For sure. For childbirth and to, and if, 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 a, if a mom has a family, guess what? Everyone else eats first. Mom always puts herself last. So, and that's in a traditional family. You see her hear it over and over again. Kids first, mom last, you know, and dad's left holding his plate and fork going, hey, where, am I? where do I fit in? And we don't fit in. So um, that's, that's a loaded question in a way, but I really do think men have an easier time to have more muscle. But a woman that realizes once they start getting more muscle, they get a bit of shoulders, their biceps get bigger. You're like, wow, I can do more. I can eat a bit more because muscle is very an active, metabolically active tissue. It's like having a V8 engine compared to a V4. Just like the V8 engine, you can use lots of fuel. Even sitting still, both running, the V8 uses more gas. So if, so if either one of you gained a bit more muscle, sitting here, your body would be working a little harder to pump blood through all of you. So getting a little stronger definitely makes it easier to enjoy food a bit more, but also the power, the relevance, the posture, you know, I can go on and on. Yeah, I definitely see that too. Like, um, well, for one, the whole women in the gym you rarely see women in the free weight area in a gym, very rarely. And even after COVID, even less. Like all the women that I used to see in the gym, they are no longer there. But all the guys are back. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I found that really interesting as well. Also yeah. in the culture, like when I work with my residents at the back of the school, we have a school next door to Alexis Lodge. You always see boys playing basketball, you know, just having fun. Even when men are older and they're married and stuff, they still take time to go out and, you know, 
play one-on-one with their friends. But women oftentimes don't do this, right? So it's well, like, all, the, uh, all the women in the gym that I go to, they're there for Zumba. But it's very rare that they're going to go and do strength training. They're there for Zumba and Zumba only, right? And, so that's, and that's a good point because they, I've also said that we need to balance our bodies, right? So if you have the strength, you need to get some aerobic capacity and flexibility. So if the men did maybe a Zumba class and the women went to the free weight room, you'd have a more balanced physique and a more balanced physiology. So I found I did lots of bodybuilding as, a, as when I was younger in my teens and 20s. In my 30s and 40s, I started adding um, um, yoga, and I found my body and my mind and my mindfulness broadening with the integration of the mind-muscle connection with, 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 the, uh, with, uh, with the yoga. And then I realized then, you know, heart disease is something, you know, the number one killer is heart disease. The best way to prevent heart disease is to get aerobically fit. So my strength is for independent living. My yoga is for the mindfulness and my aerobic training is for is to lower my cardiovascular disease risk. So every one of the three components has a focus. So independent living through strength training is very important. There's no point in having a good mind if the body's weak and you know you, you don't you can't take care of yourself when you get older. Like to get on and off a toilet, people don't realize squatting is not just about having a butt like J Lo. It's it's like it's like being able to get off the toilet. It's about being able to sit down. It's being able to get out of the car on your own. You know. Yeah. Uh, to get on, to get on a, the, the subway, you know, um, the JLo butt is a bonus, you know, forget the JLo butt, like to, to, to take care of yourself and manage your own affairs, you know, you need strength to lower the cardiovascular disease risk, the number one killer, every 32 seconds in North America, someone dies of a, a heart attack and just to have the mindfulness, like mindfulness is needed for prayer, spirituality, to, to put, to put stock over the day. And how many people say life is flying by or busy, busy, busy. When someone says they're busy, 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 no mindfulness. If someone says the day flew by, it means they weren't mindful about anything. Like, so to, to have more stillness as we live, I think that mindfulness needs some kind of integration, which is like a yoga, a Tai Chi or Pilates. So every component of exercise has a, ben- a main benefit. And that's where, you know, this a great question that you asked, like the three components, strength, aerobic capacity, and uh, the, uh, the flexibility component. That was beautiful, Dr. Odiato, as always. You've come with a lot of wisdom and practicality. So would you mind telling our, our listeners where they can find you? Well, one of those places, if they do a Google search and put my first name in, put Uchi Fitness, or they add Dentist, that's the, th- the three words that all they'll get is me. And they'll see... Um, what I've written, I'm writing articles all the time. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter. Um, my account on Instagram, where I'm probably the most current, my account is 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 at fitness. Sorry, at fitness, at fit speakers. So fit speakers, um, and they'll actually find me. And I post, I posted probably four thousand nine hundred times over the last um, eight years. So it's research, it's articles, it's fun, it's videos, it's motivation, it's inspiration recipes so that's why i spend most of my time on social media on instagram awesome that's where you find you then i think i saw you i I was thinking it was in michigan you were outside of the building with a couple of um ladies you know doing a stretch a kind of um pose and yeah so that and i also saw you actually i think it was at work you were teaching a lady how to what was that you were doing it's warrior one i think Believe it or not, it was a lady in her 70s. She looked amazing. 
And I said, I think I remember talking maybe a year ago. And I said, um, you're into yoga. She goes, well, I did yoga my whole life, but my teacher passed away. So I stopped going. And I went, really? I said, and I'm serious. I couldn't believe it because she looked amazing. She looked, she looked really fit and alert. And I said, you stop because you teach. Yeah, she goes, no other teacher can come close. So I said, you know what? We'll finish the appointment. Let's go in the hallway. I said, let's do warrior one. Breathe in like you're feeling powerful. Now switch to warrior two. And I said, now let's do exalted warrior. And she goes, I love this. Be my coach. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, but I showed you that anyone could be your teacher. Anyone could share your passion. So I think that was a good thing to give her an idea. Like, how could she stop? Because the teacher's gone. Like, I just, I didn't judge her. I just went, wow, wow. I said, let's go. So get back into it. Yeah. That's awesome because you live what you preach. So let's all get exercising, get stronger and live longer. So until the next time, I'm Christiana Eggy. And I'm Sherry Marie Chu. See you next time on Forever Young. Until then, keep smiling because you're never too old to become younger. The Forever Young podcast is created and produced by Christiana Eggy and Sherry Marie Chu. And it is produced and engineered by Elise Hill. The podcast represents our opinions and those of our guests. The content should not be taken as medical advice. It is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Special thanks to the Ella Accelerator for bringing Christiana and Sherry together. If you like the show, please tell your friends and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. New episodes are available every other Wednesday. Have questions? Email us at ourforeveryoungpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram and Facebook under Our Forever Young Podcast. Thank you for listening.